I can't outsource my being to anybody. Yet it is the core, the core of what actually converts potential ideal clients into soulmate dream clients. And so when I focus on who I'm being, because people buy my energy, they buy my vibe way before they buy the product or service that I'm selling, I am being incredibly intentional about calling in that perfectly aligned client. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the brilliant Andrea Freeman. Andrea Freeman started her first business when she was 12 years old. Three businesses and a lot of learning later, she was hosting red carpet celebrities in her event planning business. But she felt unfulfilled. She said to herself, there must be a better way. That pivotal moment prompted a soulful search. Today, as the creator of the Host Your Life Accelerator and the Upleveled Entrepreneur Podcast, Andrea uses her successful track record as a business owner to help entrepreneurs align with their purpose, create vision and results with greater ease, and make a lasting impact in the world. Andrea Freeman, you brilliant genius. What the heck do small business owners need to focus on this week? I think business owners need to focus on really who they're being in their business and so much less about what they're doing in their business. Oh, man. But I'm so good at doing, Andrea. I'm so good at doing. How can I focus on being? What? Ugh. Okay. So first and foremost, I get stuck in this trap all the time. So thank you. I love when the focus is like, oh, by the way, Annie, by small business owners, we talking directly to you, girl. Uh, so that's helpful. But it's it's so hard for me to sit and be because the doing feels literally so much more productive. How, how do we be? How do we be? <laughs> well, I mean, we've all heard this before, right? We're human beings. We're not human doings. And it's right. it, at this point, it's maybe a little cliche, but it's so true. It's still true. We can get very caught up because this is the thing. When somebody tells you focus on the being or to just be, it can feel incredibly confronting because it means stepping away from so many of the adaptive behaviors that Mm. I've created to produce results, right? I can manage my checklist. I can line it all up in my calendar. I can put it on a list that I'm not doing now, but I won't forget it, right? Like these are all the doing activities, right? I can create that perfect funnel. I can upgrade or rebrand. I can, you know, bring on people. I can outsource and expand my team. All falls into the space of doing, right? Yeah. So much, so much business activity doing. And we're being sold a lot of doing, right? 
That is what shiny, fancy marketing really looks like, especially in the online space. But I can't outsource my being to anybody. Yet it is the core, the core of what actually converts potential ideal clients into soulmate dream clients. And so when I focus on who I'm being, because people buy my energy, they buy my vibe way before they buy the product or service that I'm selling, I am being incredibly intentional about calling in that perfectly aligned client. Oh my God. Okay. So I think at least once per episode, I wind up saying, put it on a tote bag. Here's your put it on a tote bag. We're like less than three minutes in and you've already nailed it. I can't outsource my being. That is like heavy, but liberating heavy, but it's so true. I can't outsource my being. I can't delegate. Oh, hey, magical Georgia, who I love so much, who makes my incredible headliners for me. Why don't you go over there and be for me? Like, that's you're right. But we don't think of it that way. We don't think of the energetic demands of showing up in that way. And the fact that it really is not delegatable. Mm, yeah. But yeah. you also brought up this idea of results. And I don't think I've ever drawn that line before between, well, I can't just, or I can, I don't want to say I can't. I, I struggle to sit in being because of the truth of this idea of I am the energizer bunny. And in this instance, the energizer bunny battery that's keeping me going is this concept or this idea of air quotes results, right? So this idea of like, well, if I'm doing these things, if I'm being, I'm not getting stuff checked off the to-do list, right? But but if I'm if I'm resulting, then I can call that progress. I can call that uh, a productive day. Where do you think we got so hung up on this idea of productivity and results? And and should that focus shift a lot, a little, not at all? What do you think? You know, it's really interesting. And I think about this kind of thing a lot because I am really interested in business owners creating businesses that are fulfilling, that serve Mm -hmm. them as business owners as much or maybe even more than they serve their clients, which is when you think about operating a business from a heart-centered space or a soul-aligned place, which is, you know, a lot of my clients are are in that place. They want businesses that feel really good. And I'm here to say, you get to have a business that feels better than it looks on social media, right? And- I mean, why not, right? Like, and it looks pretty shiny and it's pretty easy to curate a, a look that is, you know, uber successful, right? But then, you know, only you really know if it's really truly that way, right? If it's if it actually feels as good as it's looking. And so that is the barometer for is this successful? Yeah, you can have your goals and you can have your aspirations and the things that you want to call into your physical reality, right? The clients, the money, all of it. But if it doesn't feel good, the acquisition of any of those things in your business pursuits, what's the point? But where I think it kind of goes off the rails is actually 
way earlier in life than before we ever even become business owners. And I think that from a really young age, a lot of us are taught to look outside of ourselves for answers about what's important and what is success and, you know, like what they, we start to kind of defer to others about um, what is good and bad, right? And so we stop being the own, our own GPS, right? We stop actually being driven by what life sets up and what feels good to us and what is fulfilling and what is rewarding and what is an expression of who we really are. And instead, we start to seek to make our parents, our teachers, our mentors, our friends, right? Like, because we don't want to risk being ostracized from the herd, right? Biologically, evolutionarily, it's really unsafe to get pushed outside of the circle. So we do everything in our power to fit in, right? And we'll contort ourselves in all kinds of ways to show up in a way that we think the person that we're trying to speak to once we get into business, our potential, you know, our client avatar, will show up in all these ways that we think they want to hear us show up. But truthfully, people really do just want us to be ourselves because they themselves crave nothing more than to be who they truly are. Right. So when you, yeah, when you shift it, when you start to consider it your job and your responsibility to tend to who you're being, to show up as authentically and as aligned and as in tune with your core values as you possibly can, you're doing business from a different place. And then you open up room and you give others permission to be in life that way too. That was like the sexiest soundbite I've ever heard. Like every now and then, and it's so funny. Thank you listeners for, for putting up with me because one of the main reasons I love doing this show is that I'm client zero for all of this, but I'm also the first person to hear these things. And every now and then I'm like, I'm supposed to ask a question, but my jaw's on the floor. So just like, give me a minute to breathe. Like, oh my God, that was beautiful. Like, let me just fangirl out on you for a minute. That was ridiculously good. Like, wow. But, but it was also... We hear so much about authenticity and we hear so much about alignment and it's not like these are unique topics to you or to me, but when you give me an answer like that, the proof is in the pudding, right? You're saying like, let me show you what this actually feels like when someone just talks, when someone just is, when someone is just being. And and so thank you, not only for the the great you know, advice there, but for the real world example of it. What do you think, um, knowing that, that this idea of authenticity is, or transparency or alignment, all of these things are so buzzy because they're important. Like you said before, well, not to be cliche, cliches are cliches because there's truth in them largely. Um, but what, what do you think people don't get or misunderstand about, showing up authentically. What are the what are the misconceptions or myths of putting yourself out there as you? Mm. Well, specifically the way that it pertains to a business owner and I love your point about being client zero because this could not be 
a better example of being client zero. Well, I was a celebrity event planner for years. And for years, I ran that business from a place of what I thought it should look like to be an event planner. I should be working with these kinds of people. I should be graduating from this kind of event to doing those kinds of events. I should be marketing in this way. I should have this kind of office space. I should be building a team. There was so much shooting all over myself and all over my business. that I did arrive in a place where outwardly it all looked very successful and yet there was a huge gap between it looking successful and it feeling good, it feeling successful. And so one of the things that I realized And this was an incredible privilege to be working in the space the way that I was with the kind of clients that I was working with, to be surrounded by ultra high performers, right? Red carpet celebrities, CEOs of major corporations, very high net worth individuals. I had a chance to really see very intimately behind the curtain because, you know, I'm spending somewhere between two months to a year, maybe even two years working side by side with a client, a couple, you know, an individual, all kinds of scenarios, but all very high performers. And I started to recognize that there were some really common traits, some really common threads, and some really common practices that they all had. And so while I was feeling this place of misalignment, Yet so inspired by the clients that I was working with, I started to just put it into practice in my business. And what I ultimately realized is I call it being a host in your life, that really high performers who are focused on who they're being and living from a really authentic place know how to host their life. Mm. And here's what I mean by that, right? When you are thinking about like parties, right? I was a party planner. I was an event planner. There are two ways that you can show up to a party. You can be the guest, right? You're invited. So you don't have a say in the food, the music, who's invited, like really none of it. You just show up and you take what's offered, right? Right. That's like looking around in your business and like, what's everybody else doing? How should I be marketing? You know, that's when you're getting caught up in everybody else's sales funnels, right? Like this, I need this new thing and I should try that new tactic. And you're jumping around and you're jumping around and you eventually end up in a very common place called, I've tried everything. This might not be for me or I just can't do it right. So the alternative to that is that you could be a host in your life and in your business. And this is this is what that means. When you're a host, the H means that you honor your why. You've got a really clear, dialed in why. It trues you up. It serves as your guiding post. It allows you to true up to your core values and the things that are most important to you and keep that at the forefront. It gives you something bigger than your business to fit your to fit your business into, yeah. right? It gives so, it a so container often, of, of yes. emotion and meaning and depth that isn't just I uh, my elevator pitch. I help people do X, which is important, exactly. But but it doesn't. It's not spacious enough for these entities. Yeah. And honestly, I believe we're all here to grow, evolve, and develop. And if we 
uh, are doing enough of that personal work, we can sometimes actually outgrow our businesses. So we need a thing that our life is about that's bigger than our business, right? That allows for us to continue to grow our business and our life in, you know, into, to true up more to who we are, to who we say we are, right? So that's the first part. That's the H. And then after you're clear about your why and you're honoring it, right? Not just, I feel like there's a lot of talk about having a why these days. Get your why, have a why, understand your why, find your why, all of that, right? Tattoo your why, infuse your why, yeah. But honoring your why. Once you get clear about it, how are you making that a vital part of every part of your life? How are you making sure that you're not slipping into burnout and overwhelm, that you're balancing your personal and your business, that you are making sure that you're really only working with soul aligned clients, that you have a way to be able to check, you know, systems and balances here for that everything is really true to you and your ultimate purpose in your life, right? And I love that word honor because it's so uh, pass-fail in that, like, am I considering my why? Well, I don't know. How the fuck do you measure considering? Am I considering it or not? But am I dishonoring my why? I'm going to have a pretty big yes if I am, right? If Am I dishonoring my why is different than am I ignoring my why? Because mm-hmm. we all ignore our whys sometimes. It's going to happen. But but I love that you're using not only the H of, you know, of it all. And, and Lord knows I love a good acronym. But the but I love that idea of honor, because for me, that's a much easier question. Am I dishonoring my why today? Anyway. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So that's the H, right? And then the O is that you own who you truly are. And this is where if we're not careful as business owners, that imposter syndrome, that Mm. overthink, that overwhelm, that frustration can really kick in where we can be overly analytical and in our logical mind and not letting our intuition, not letting our connection to that thing that's bigger than us, not letting the full scope of our power shine through, right? That's where we're keeping certain parts of ourselves at arm's length, right? I can't be this way. I love that stuff, but that's not really, it doesn't have a home or it doesn't have a place in my business, right? Yeah. Like you have to really true it up and show up as who you truly are. And this is where then you need practices. So the next step is that you're shifting your perspective, that you're recognizing there's a disconnect between who you truly are and the way that you are allowing yourself to show up and that you have practices that allow you to get recentered, that allow you to hit the reset button. And it looks different for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. It could be meditation. It could be walking in nature. It could be exercising. It could be making sure that you're having that balance and spending time with your family. It could be journaling. It could be affirmations. I mean, there's a million and one tools out there. Find the ones that work for you, that energize you, but that also allow you to get to that calm center. Yeah, because- it's both. It's that, it's that, For lack of a better term, it's that pregnant space of like, I have energy and something's going to happen. Oh, oh, perfect. Um, uh, West Side Story just came out this week. Something's coming. It's that energy of like, I have energy to spare and I have the desire to use it simultaneously. Because both of those things are so important 
Um, because I know that we've all experienced the opposite when we've had to like rustle up our gumption and we've had none. And then also when we're like raring to go and have no direction. So like, I, I, I know exactly that energy you're talking about. Yeah. And I mean, think about it, right? When we're running on that hamster wheel of just doing, 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 is that when we do our best, our most elegant thinking? Like, Absolutely not. There's a reason that great ideas come to us when we're in the shower, when we're not so focused on on our business exclusively, right? So it's allowing that space for the brilliance to just like bubble up to the surface and the ability to recognize it. Because the ideas are kind of bubbling very, you know, they're bubbling all around us all the time, but we can't always recognize them because we're so busy doing. Yeah. Oh, there's that doing again. Ah, I know, I know. So uh, there, you know what? It's not that there's no doing involved, right? Well, I we don't have to do. This, like, we can't just yeah, be. We're we're not right. the Buddha. We can't just sit under a tree for forty <laughs> years or whatever. Like exactly, that, that would exactly. be rad, but <laughs> not and going to the mountaintop is. Going to the mountaintop is amazing and it can be incredibly productive, but ultimately you have to be able to practice these tools in real life, in action, right? So the final piece is that you do take inspired action, but you're doing it from a very calm and centered place. And so there's so many business owners are creating from this like place of lack and scarcity, right? Like I don't have the clients I want. I don't have the revenue I want. I want X because I don't have it, right? And so those are going to be my goals for, we're going into a new year. Those are going to be my goals for the next year. But when you go through this process, right? When you get really clear about why you do what you do, the way you do it, and own all of your natural gifts and do the work to make sure that you are being the best, highest, most potent version of yourself, you ultimately take action from this place of fullness, from this place of abundance, from this place of effervescence. You are called to share your gifts. It's not about something missing in your life. That's why I love this host analogy because I I don't know if this is a Sicilian thing. I don't know if this is, I don't know what this is. But like, if I am hosting a party, I am in my element. But I'm in that element because I'm doing and being simultaneously. And I'm remembering that I'm creating something bigger than me for other people present. And so it just my events, if I do say so myself, drip with that intentionality of me being in the moment and also having carefully planned these things out. If I look at my business, which is like my freaking world, the nucleus of everything. But if I look at it and I go, am I hosting this like I would host a party? The answer is no. And that never occurred to me before. And I think part of it is having more fun because when I'm hosting a party, I have the good smells in the oven. I got the great music on. I got my ambiance going. My house is immaculate. And so I'm enjoying showing up in that way in the environment that I've created. I don't think I get to play enough in the environment that I've created in my business, Andrea. Oh, now we're turning this into therapy. Okay. Uh, it happens, girl. It happens to me. <laughs> it, I just, I just love that idea of, of, and and how, what a gorgeous way to use your event background too. Because seriously, like, I, I will pick a soup recipe for weeks on what soup I'm going to offer at this party, 
And and that's the kind of thing that you'll also see in my business. Like, well, am I going to teach this module or that module, right? But that's how I'm showing up for them. I show up for me differently because at the party, I'll sit there and eat the soup with everybody else and and enjoy it and talk about the recipe and how much fun I had making it and, you know, text everybody the recipe or whatever. But in my business, I'm not sitting down to enjoy the soup. I'm just serving it. Mm. Damn. Wow. What a good thing to see. Damn. See, I'm telling you, y'all. If you need business therapy, start a podcast and make really good friends and interview them. There you go. There's your tip from me. All right. I don't know how we're going to make this transition happen, but we're going to make this transition happen because I just led us towards soup. So from soup, from party hosting and soup and being and doing and all of this, curveball, baby. What the heck does any of this have to do with this term? that you used with me earlier, rogue CIA agents and the (laughs) movies that feature them. What the heck does any of this hosting have to do with international espionage and uh, nefarious forces at play? I mean, we could go really deep with this, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Go as deep as you want, my darling. It's all yours. You know, that's a great question. I'm drawn to these kinds of movies. I don't know what it is about like that person who's got their back up against the wall and you're like, how the heck are they going to get out of this situation? And they're so virtuous and there's something a little bit wrong about what they're doing, but like, I can't wait to see how this ends, right? Yeah. I mean, suspense, thrillers, like I'm here for it. So how does this play into being a host? I mean, honestly- there's a lot of doing in those, but on it, it's not a lot of overthinking that happens. You in can't a lot of those overthink in those this. Mo- no. no. All you can do is be. Well, because otherwise All you're you going to get do. literally shot. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the word that's coming up for me in this is instinct, right? Because they have all the yes. training. But the training is not, they can't sit there and go, well, according to the manual, I should shoot this person in the knee. They're just like, bop, 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 because they're literally (laughs) jumping out a window, right? So, like, they they can't really very well go, which of the arteries do I want to hit right now? They're like, oh, I got to throw this chair out the window in time to catch the helicopter with my bare hands. Bop, 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 bop. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we could like, right. That's intuition instinct. I love what you said. Like, yeah, they're not getting into overthink. They're not getting into really, there's no overwhelm. You never see them like sit down and be like, can I handle this? Like, (laughs) never happens. They always are confident, right? That they have what it takes and that they, that their training and everything that they've done up until this point in time is going to get them through this crisis. Right. God. I, I mean, I'm freaking dying because this is also like at point of recording. We're in 2021, about to be in 2022. And this has been the international year of Ted Lasso, which has been called the White Men Have Feelings show. Um, and so now I'm just imagining a mashup of like a Jason Bourne type guy with Ted Lasso type feelings where you just see him like sitting on his like random hotel bed in Geneva being like, filling out his little like journal, doing his affirmations, Jason Bourne's affirmations. I am powerful. I am kind. Like, no. That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, sitting there, like, 
like doing his meditations. That's funny. Or like crying, like, God, I really should have shot that guy better today. Shucks. Guess I got to do better tomorrow, Jason Bourne. (laughs) (laughs) But you're right because it's like you just have to do. You just... And it's not about being sloppy and it's not about rushing or just like, you know, panicking. It's it's deliberate, but it is that idea of like, and now I must act and therefore this is what I shall do. Yeah, you know, and this is the thing. I really do truly believe that as human beings, we are really here in this lifetime to thrive, that our most important job is to be able to receive from the universe, from God, from the divine, whatever you call it, right? From your higher self, all of the things that you deeply desire. Like truly you are here to thrive in this lifetime. And not a single one of us is so special that we've been singled out by the universe that everybody else here gets to thrive except you, right? So If you really dial into, and this is what I mean when I talk about owning who you truly are, that you're here to thrive. Like there's no more second guessing it. You just be from that place that you are meant to succeed. You are meant to receive and have all of the things that you deeply desire. Then you can just be in action in a really aligned way. Yes. There's no room for second guessing in that space. There's not. Mm -hmm. There just isn't. When are you going to second guess when you're falling out a window? Like, I don't know why. I just, I keep seeing like the matrix and, and I know that we're talking about rogue CIA agents, but for some reason today in my brain, when I'm pulling up all of these images, everybody is just falling out of windows, shooting upwards. I don't know why. I don't know how many movies that actually happens in, but I can just watch. I'm just watching all of these white men in my brain just like fall. I'm like, there goes Matt Damon. There goes Liam Neeson. There goes Keanu. They're just following all these windows. I don't know why. But, you know, you can't be like, maybe I shouldn't have jumped. Too late, babe. Too late. Exactly. That whole, that point that you made about instinct, you know, I very often talk about dialing into and leaning into your intuition. Yeah. Uh, it, it could not be more the the heart of, I guess, these movies. <laughs> I just love like, you know, the 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 climax of like, you know, they're about to get the kidnapped kid back or whatever. And then they just stop and they're like, maybe I should have taken a job with a 401k. Like, no. <laughs> get the kid. Yes. There's a sniper aiming at you. Go do something. Act. Oh, my God. Well, because that's the other thing is like most of us, luckily, in our jobs, even though our jobs are extremely demanding and important, most of us do not have um, international espionage to deal with. Most of us. (laughs) Most of most of us. Right. I mean, we may have like a semi cranky client that day, but most of us aren't dealing with like international arms dealers with like shark tanks in their basement. So. I mean, now I've gone like straight into old Bond, right? Like, I I really do kind of miss, not that the new Bonds aren't lovely, but I, there's something about like the old Bonds and the old Batman with like that fabulous camp in it of like, this is just the goofiest thing in the world. And that's even oh. less second guessing because they're like, I'm going to wander in and look like a complete douche, but I'm not going to second guess it. So people are going to think it's charming. <laughs> like... Well, I mean, I feel like every movie involves a certain suspension of disbelief, right? (laughs) Like, you do have to just, like, roll with it. And and you know what? 
yeah, that that actually might be really useful in our own lives. If we could not get sucked into that overwhelming, like paralysis by analysis yes. situation. Yes. That would be really, really helpful because there's no and listen, like choose look at host your life, look at any other system, five steps, seven steps. I don't care what system you're looking at. None of those systems say pause overanalyze until you're a hundred percent comfortable. Stop None of them. Read your Yelp reviews and cry. Like right. No. I mean, I think that's the thing with like, these rogue CIA agents. They're rogue, you know, whatever the agency is. They're agents, but they're rogues. And and I think that's also really funny because you never see the like establishing of these young whippersnappers. You just get it once like their bosses are totally exasperated and they're like, oh, man, this guy is a complete piece of shit, but he's good at his job. So I guess we'll just let him go. I want a prequel of like, I am the biggest pain in the ass that this Academy has ever seen. It'll, it would look like police Academy, like, oh, God, not these guys. <laughs> like, oh. But I just always love that it's like, we need born. Send in born. I guess. You know, it would be a little less sexy. It would be like that Edward Snowden movie, right? Oh. Like, <laughs> like, and want, want, like, he just lives this expatriate life and, you know, <laughs> he just can't come back to the country. It's like, it's not, it's like, actually what? not that thrilling. Wait. Meanwhile, and then, like, the Clarice Starlings of the world, like, she doesn't get to be a rogue CIA agent. She gets to do some crazy stuff at the end. But the whole reason why Starling got pushed up in the FBI so fast was because she was like totally typical, normal and female and high achieving and responsible. So they're like, hey, opposite of a rogue CIA agent, a standard Dana Scully, high performing female agent. How come women don't get to be rogue CIA agents? What is that about? Yeah, that doesn't really happen, right? No. No, like yeah. I would love to see like a badass woman of color fall out a window shooting upwards, but it's always these freaking white dudes. <laughs> exactly. I think Denzel Washington's done a few. Like that I is mean, true. but that's still that's true. Still, he ain't a woman. <laughs> he ain't a woman. Although he'd be a beautiful woman. He would look like um, uh, Nagzima. Jackson from Chi Wang Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. It'd be beautiful, uh, but. The yeah, I just I think that's the other thing, too, is that it's not necessarily a gender thing because I try not to make things all super gendery, especially because gender is a contract. But on top of all of those things, I think that there is this idea of like I am following all the steps on the path to somewhere and therefore I should get ahead in approximately three to 35 years if I follow this very direct course. I think the lesson in the rogue CIA agent movie is like. Nah, babe, fuck that. <laughs> like, you're already on the road. Somehow you got a job in the dang agency. Start Time to start shaking shit up. And if you are your own agency, uh, maybe you should be your own rogue, I guess. Like, don't yeah, put yourself like in you the can't trap. Yeah, you can't necessarily fit into that box, right? Like that that is not that kind of conformity doesn't really work for for everyone and it certainly doesn't allow for a whole lot of authenticity and, you know, alignment to who you truly are very often. Yeah. Because it's it's messy, it's gritty, mm -hmm. it's real. But also on the flip of that, 
when it's not being messy and gritty, it's still real. And in that, it's awe-inspiring because it's yeah. potent. Yeah, that's and that's, I think, what it is to be human, right? Like, it's very hard to to really, truly understand what anyone else is going through or dealing with in their life and what it is to to be in their shoes for real because it's complicated and it's nuanced. Yeah, it is. And that's why it's I just love how all of this kind of feeding in on itself because it is so nuanced and it is so complex. And that's actually all the more reason not to overthink it and not to second guess it and just to experiment and do and build the plane while you're flying it because it's so complex. You could literally think about it for 55 years and never move. That's not going to work. The complexity seems like it's a reason to double down on learning it, but really it's a call to just jump out the window and be it. Totally. Totally. Damn, girl, we're getting deep today. (laughs) (laughs) I had a feeling it could go there. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know why I'm ever surprised. I'm always just like, this is amazing. Well, yeah, duh. Um, but the I love how vain I am today about the show. I'm so vain. The song is about me. It's my podcast. Uh, I'm a rogue CIA agent in my own life. Okay, I got two more questions for you. The first question, oh boy, oh, I could go in so many directions on this one, but let's, let's, there's always a super villain. There has to be a super villain, right? Otherwise the rogue CIA agent has no reason to go rogue. A super villain person or entity, up to you, uh, has kidnapped a precious commodity of your business. Who took it? What did they take? And how are you going to snatch it back in the most roguelike manner possible? Oh, my goodness. I did not see this question coming. (laughs) (laughs) I went rogue on you. What? One of the biggest things that can make a difference for a business owner is really having that thought leadership, right? And this this is a real life thing. So that thought leadership that's yours, that you have through your blood, sweat, and tears crafted because of the experience and the life that you've lived and the services that you've provided, gets snatched so easily, right? If it's not protected. Yeah. And you see it all the time, all the time. So let's say it's a piece of thought leadership (laughs) and it's another, it's a competitor, right? It's somebody putting it out there that's like um, saying that it's theirs. And I mean, I feel like I'm leaning into, (laughs) I feel like I'm leaning into that abundance perspective, right? And Mm -hmm. it's like, let that nobody can be me, right? When I, we go back to no. what I said in, in the beginning, that like your number one job is to feel good because people buy your energy and your vibe first and foremost. Like, okay, maybe you reach out to the lawyer and you have them deal with the thing. Like, you're not getting into the sand pit and like duking it out. There will be no, uh, you know, giving away your energy in that way. Instead, it's like the high road taking like zero focus off of like your ultimate mission and purpose and staying the course. And I feel like from those rogue CIA agent movies, you see that all the time. Like they will not be distracted by the little nonsense. No, 
But then at the end, right when you think they're past it, they'll burn the building down. Oh, yeah. Count on it. So like like they'll totally keep it class and like get it all resolved. And I love that we've invented this villain of like the capital C competitor, like the competitor. The competitor <laughs> has a brain machine and had snuck in in the middle of the night and hooked it up to you and they have stolen your thought leadership and you will rise above it and be all classy and like like Val Kilmer and the saint just pull off everything all fabulously and then at the end of it be like oh but that was still the dick move so now i'm gonna burn your office to the ground sorry <laughs> i mean success is the sweetest revenge so. <laughs> i'm a little more like that <laughs> uh, see and, and therein lies the rub of different strokes for different folks you're like you know what i could keep it classy and just have my sweet sweet smell of you know revenge success and i'm like yeah i could also do that and burn their office down so maybe i'm just more of a pyro than you uh you know to each their own everybody arson is not encouraged here on too legitimate to quit but do what you gotta do out there y'all um wow are we off the rails this is hysterical um okay well if someone needs your particular brand of keeping it classy in a non-arson way, and if they want to explore more this idea that I so love of hosting your life and being a host in the business that is fueling your life, how do they find you? How do they reach out to you? Yeah, so I'm super active on Instagram, and um, my handle over there is at a Freeman underscore Insta. And, you know, I have a podcast also that's about so much of what it takes to up-level in your business. It's called The Up-Leveled Entrepreneur. So those are the two places. Yeah, those are the two places. Well, I... I love your show. I was so delighted to be a guest on your show. I can't wait to put both of these episodes out together. But every single time I get to sit down with you, you are so gracious and so giving and we have such a blast. Thank you so much for being here today. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Annie. Everybody, I will be back in just a second with my final thought and your homework for the week. No guns, no fires. Don't worry. Well, hey there, listeners. You can't outsource your being. Well, dang, that has been reverberating in my head all week as I seek out a unicorn virtual assistant. What will their job look like once I find them? What wonders will they stir up in the tasks that have grown stale to me? And what can they teach me about efficiency and this newfangled social media stuff? It wasn't so many years ago that the idea of delegating anything to anyone felt wildly impossible. I was terrified to spend the money, embarrassed to let people behind the curtain, and simply felt too amateur to involve someone else in my big whatever. Fast forward a handful of years, and I'm once again nervous, but this time it's about reaching my next level of success. As such, I've been getting a lot of downright stellar advice lately on my own business, and much of it is about streamlining things down to the tasks that truly matter to me and to my clients, moreover, the tasks that only I can do, well, at least in the way that I do them. Namely, I'm being encouraged to double down on podcasting and teaching and slim down on, well, everything else. Do I really need to be making all my own social media images? No. 
Will I pout over not getting to play on Canva anymore? Absolutely. And then I'll remind myself how much better that time could be spent out solving problems or recharging in between them. Your homework this week is to join me in looking at the non-essential tasks that eat your life and pull you away from your zone of genius. Maybe you don't have the budget to hire an army yet, and that's okay. You are not exempt from this week's homework. Ask yourself, do I really need to be doing this thing at all? Is it still benefiting me? Is the strategy still sound, and is it worth the time and energy it takes? And if you do have adoring extra hands and brains inside your business, what tasks, if properly delegated, would free up just one more precious hour in your work week? And how could that hour be spent blowing prospects' minds or working on that bucket list project? Your book isn't going to write itself, but someone else can certainly post your tweets. Hey, thanks for listening. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and me, your host, Annie P. Ruggles. Listen, we talk a lot about marketing on this show, and that's because I fully, earnestly believe that every dime and every moment we spend marketing is totally worth it unless we turn around and sabotage ourselves at the finish by refusing to sell and sell beautifully. Why? A lot of us have a misconception of what selling actually requires of us or who it needs us to be. Please give me the opportunity to help change your mind at www.nonsleazy.com. That's N-O-N-S-L-E-A-Z-Y.com. Big shout out to the fabulous dudes who helped make this show what it is. My producer and editor, Andrew Sims of Hypable Impact. My composer, Riley Herbastio and my show artist, Francois Vigneault. They're all fabulous, and I'd be glad to introduce you. Until next week, just do your best, and remember, you're too legitimate to quit. <laughs>